And here we go. Um, it was truly a masterpiece. I don't know about all that. Ugh, absolutely the worst movie ever. Hands down, bar none, the greatest action spectacular ever. Well, uh, the other one just stuck them up. Are you asking me? I promise I'm not going to sing this time around. Welcome to the Don't Be Crazy Podcast. I'm Justin Counter. With me as always, Mr. Zachary Rancourt. Here we discuss and dissect what makes a film absolutely amazing or just pure rubbish. All that we ask of each other is don't be crazy. Don't be crazy, Zach. Feliz Navidad. Yay, it's Christmas time. Christmas. With a soul coming out. Christmas. <laughs> Remix. <laughs> watching it fall, maybe? Uh, yeah, I'm, I love Christmas music. I'm not a huge Christmas guy, but I love Christmas music. I just, I don't know why. I love all the renditions of it. And yeah, that one's always good. Maybe it was all the years working retail when we could listen to music in the stores. And it was like all Mariah Carey and all Wham. And I think you got to pay Mariah Carey money because you just said her name. <laughs> oh, I just man. said her name. Oh, my God. <laughs> I just heard a knock on my door. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it happens. I got even though I got a trace busta busta on my on my microphone. So yeah, all I want for Christmas is you. Ooh, thanks. And then that makes gift gifts easy. You and you and you and you. But when I show up, you're gonna go really cool or very yeah, cool. Very cool. <laughs> thanks. Yeah, but yeah, anyways, how are you? Comic Con was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, it was. I was a busy little bee. I was running all over the gut thing. Uh, we had about 12 booths. We had the largest presence. It was basically a Bandai Namco con. We had the Gundam base, which was really cool, which is the first time it was um, the Gundam base was ever outside of Asia. So all those Gundam fans out there got to stock up on their Gunpla and get some awesome model kits that are only available in Japan. So that was cool. We had this awesome Pac-Man display, basically celebrating 40 years of Pac-Man. Pac-Man got, Pac-Man got inducted into the basically the, the San Diego Comic-Con Hall of Fame. So that's awesome. He's uh, got this awesome exhibit at the museum there in Balboa. So that's pretty cool. And then we just had all of our other brands. Tamashi, got some Demon Slayer action, Blitzway, Flame, Sentinel, Studio Ghibli, fucking Nanoblocks, Storm Collectibles, you name it, it was there. Robble, nice. robble, robble. Yeah, busy, busy, busy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw the pictures and they looked great. Your guys' setup was awesome. And you had that giant Totoro. And yeah, that was really neat. I was jealous. Yeah, it was cool, man. A lot of people got their picture taken with that there, Totoro. I know, and you had an umbrella and everything. It was adorable. He arrived in like a mummy-sized crate, man. (laughs) He's a a big fucker. (laughs) Did you get to stay in your hotel, your your fancy hotel that you really wanted to stay in? I did. I was at the Marriott. I was on the top floor. I was (laughs) one room away from the presidential suite. I had this killer view. It was insane. Whoa. Yeah. Did you uh, did you ask for a room with a king size bed and extra large TV and one of those refrigerators you open with the key? <laughs> <laughs> you know what sucks? The only thing, if I could complain about something, my my little piece of feedback was that this room did not have a king size bed. Instead, I had two doubles, which I thought was kind of lame. That is kind of lame. Should have pushed them together. I know there was a big old dresser in the way, though. I was kind of lamed out about that. I was like, man, oh well. They're first world problems, I suppose, but <laughs> yeah. um, it is what it is. But it was an amazing room uh, and an amazing experience. It, it was so cool to just take all three minutes to walk to the convention instead of like, you know, a two mile hike or getting on a bus or some other bullshit. <laughs> yeah. So, yes, very excited. 
had this awesome ocean view and um they really need to install lights in the ocean so you can see them at nighttime because otherwise <laughs> it's just this giant black void and it's not as impressive at nighttime that's what bp's doing man they're trying to uh, light up the ocean for you so we there can see it at night <laughs> <laughs> honestly would have killed to put some fucking lights in the ocean for crying out loud honestly really Honestly, I need James, see- James Cameron out there to get the abyss going so we can see everything. <laughs> right. Honestly, a bunch of lazy bones <laughs> writing a letter to the city of San Diego. They got a problem, an ocean problem. <laughs> Very cool. What Very have you been cool. watching? Uh, I watched a lot, actually. I went to the theaters and I saw Ghostbusters Afterlife and I loved it. Oh, my God. I absolutely loved it. And I was I was kind of skeptical about it because this movie had been delayed so much. Uh, you know, that wasn't their fault necessarily. It's a pandemic and there were production issues and stuff. But um, I went in with really no expectations at that point, And it was part of my AMC A-list. So I'm like, eh, I'll see it. And I saw it in IMAX. Um, I had such a good time. I loved every minute of it. I thought it was a kid's movie, but it had a lot of good nostalgia in it. Paul Rudd was hilarious. I loved the the ending. It was very touching. And um, yeah, I was I was on board, man. It was fun. Yeah, so, I, I, uh, I was crying at that ending, man. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. When when they're like, you know, I'm sorry, I should have been there for you. Or like, I know we had our differences. And I'm just like, oh, God. Because <laughs> uh, I read a thing afterwards that they that actually was the stuff that they wanted to tell Harold Ramis. And so it's just like, oh, my God. So <laughs> it was, yeah. Dang. But that um, kid, Finn Wolfhard or whatever the fuck, he needs a haircut. I know. And I hate it. I hate <laughs> looking at his hair. Every time the kid was on screen, I was just... I was like pulling out my eyelashes. I was so irritated. <laughs> you got some trimmers ready and you're just yeah. like trying to cut the screen. <laughs> oh my God. I didn't like it. Cut yeah. your hair, kid. Yeah. It's it's a good one though. I was really happy that I watched it. So I just, I felt I was in a good mood after I saw it. And then actually later the next day I watched Shang-Chi finally and I really loved that. I was mad that I waited so long, but I had such a fun time watching that movie. It was just a, a cool, spectacular, mm-hmm. cool, all the flying in the magic. But I really liked it. Um, and then I watched Liar Liar again recently. And I was going to send you a, a, a video of the baseball stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, baseball stuff. I put the Big Lebowski on in the background. I was watching that. And then the man is here. And then yeah, Larry, <laughs> the man is here. <laughs> the man is here. <laughs> um, and then I've been playing a lot of Halo Infinite, and I'm loving the hell out of it. It is fun. Felix hit me up last night, but it was late, and I already had a squad of five, and I just I had like one game left in me. So he likes to stay up late. That Felix, holy buckets, he does. He's a night owl. I am not. He hit me up at like 11:30 at night. I can't even believe I was up. I was like, oh man. So, but yeah, that's all I've that's all I've watched. What about you? Uh, so yeah, I watched Ghostbusters Afterlife and I saw it with Dave and, uh, we had a good time. I mean, we're both quite familiar with Ghostbusters and can probably recite it from start to finish. So it was really fun to see the millions of callbacks in that movie. Even, even when Paul Rudd's character was laying a certain way, (laughs) that's exactly how they were laying in the, in the original. That was so funny. I loved it. Oh God. Yeah. Paul Rudd was great in it too. Yeah. He was funny. (laughs) Jamoka. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then I did a rewatch of The Witcher since season two begins in just a couple weeks. Nice. So, I did not watch that yet. I know you like the Henry Cavill there, so I need I to I need to uh, check it out. I've heard good things about it. Yeah. Good things. Good things. So, yeah. And it's only eight episodes, so it goes quick. Are they 30 minute episodes? They're an hour. Oh, that's eight hours, Justin. That's I a know, work day. But it goes quick. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, fair enough. Yeah, I'll jump on it. I've heard it's yeah. good. I mean, even if you watch one a day, I mean, in just over a week, you're done. So, I mean, what do you do? That's an easy, it's an easy binge. I don't know about all that. So. That's a true story. <laughs> Okay, fair enough. Uh, so uh, this week we are kicking off the holiday season. Last year we did, I don't know, like 800 Christmas movies inside of four weeks. And so <laughs> we aim to repeat that. <laughs> and I'm very excited about it. And especially now that I don't work in retail and I can actually enjoy Christmas. Although, having said that, I did work Thanksgiving Day <laughs> setting up booths. <laughs> Get out of retail. Target's finally closed on fucking Thanksgiving, and then I'm the asshole working on Thanksgiving. Something funny going on. (laughs) (laughs) The universe, she hates me. Oh, what can you do? So we are going to kick off this holiday season with The Holiday from 2006, directed by Nancy Myers, who you might know from What Women Want, Something's Gotta Give, and The Parent Trap. Also written by Nancy Myers. How about that? The cast includes one Jude Law, Kate Winslet, Jack Black, Cameron Diaz, Eli Wallach, and Edward Burns, and Rufus Sewell, who is like an asshole in every movie he's ever He really made. is. <laughs> he really is. That guy, that Rufus. What can you do? Anyway, critical reception. I swear I had this up and then I closed it. That's a damn shame. So the critics weren't kind. It is at a whopping 49% on the old tomato meter there. Uh, The audience, though, loves it. 80%. It's not bad. That is not bad at all. Uh, Let's see. We have uh, PJ Nabarro. He says, thoroughly preposterous, utter bourgeois fantasy of a romantic comedy. Well, that's not nice. Uh, let's see. Anthony Quinn from Independent says, You begin to suspect that Myers isn't actually a movie director at all, but a features coordinator at World of Interiors. Wow. That's rude. Yeah. And our buddy Anna Smith from Time Out says, You laugh every time I say that. <laughs> I don't know why. It's just funny. <laughs> I always think of, Oh, uh, I want to go T, T, Time Out. I'm burning. <laughs> My legs are burning. <laughs> From Along Came Polly. I love that. Oh, yeah. Make it rain. <laughs> I think of an old uh, Dave Chappelle sketch where they do a, uh, actually a wife swap. And uh, he he does white face and he goes, time out, T-Dog. <laughs> he goes, time out. <laughs> so I think of that every time. That's funny. Let's see here. So Anna, Anna Smith of Time Out says, a leisurely feel-good rom-com. All right. And then Paul... Burns says a lot of ideas are circulating and the characters have taken hold of our emotions. If only Myers had taken the quickest way there, it would have been a much better movie. So it is a two hour change movie. It's like two hours and 10 minutes or something. It's long. It's a ways. It's a journey, which can be hard for us. (laughs) Unless it's Lord of the Rings. We're not fucking interested in a long movie. That's just the way the world works. Um, so there you have it. The budget was $85 million, which sounds like quite a bit for a romantic comedy. Must have been that uh, that Dustin Hoffman cameo. I, right. I know. <laughs> I think it was for like Cameron Diaz and Kate Winslet in them, just because the, the, the actors are pretty prolific. Yeah, they were A-listers uh, in 2006 for sure. 
Uh, so let's see. In the United States, it did $63 million. Opening weekend was a whopping 12.7, and that was December 10th of 2006. Worldwide, you're looking at an astounding, prepared to be astounded, $205 million. That's not bad for an $85 million movie. Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. <laughs> good shit. Okay. So I'll read some fun trivia, and this is super fun. This film was written specifically with Cameron Diaz, Kate Winslet, Jude Law, and Jack Black in mind. And that is cool when you can write something and see it to fruition, and it's like, boom, they're all on board. A few months after the movie came out, the popularity of house swapping... <laughs> of house swapping! <laughs> I don't want to say it. ...was on the rise, so much so, in fact, that police in England had to issue a warning against swapping homes with strangers due to identity fraud and murders. Wow. Murder, you say? Yeah. <laughs> There's been a lot of murder and intrigue today. <laughs> there was a King of the Hill episode about house swapping. Really? Yeah, Boomhauer went to Canada, and these Canadians moved in next door to the hills, and they didn't like each other. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, he'll be sorry. <laughs> <laughs> It's so funny, and every time when I watched uh, Kim's Convenience, every time they said "sorry," I thought of King, I thought of fucking <laughs> Hank Hill making fun of Canadians. It was so funny. That's awesome. Um, when Miles Jack Black is humming movie scores to Iris in Blockbuster Video, he does Hans Zimmer's score from Driving Miss Daisy. Hans Zimmer did the score for this movie. What? The film includes a fake trailer for a movie starring James Franco and Lindsay Lohan opening on Christmas Day called Deception. She goes, why did you bring two guns? Because one gun's not enough. <laughs> yeah, <pretty laughs> I thought that was funny. Yeah, so, we, like, uh, we like fake movies in movies. Oh, man. I do like the fake movies. And Jack Black was in one of our favorite ones in The Office. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't care what your mom thinks. <laughs> Quite frankly, I don't think she can, can make any sense or whatever. Yeah, yeah. making any sense. Yeah. Oh. oh, that's good. Yeah. Okay. Well, here's the synopsis for anybody who has not seen The Holiday from 2006. Iris Simpkins, a society columnist for the Daily Telegraph in London, is still madly in love with her ex, Jasper Bloom, despite the fact that he cheated on her and is emotionally needy. Devastated to discover he is engaged, she decides to get away for the holidays. Amanda Woods, a movie trailer producer in Los Angeles, breaks up with her film composer boyfriend, Ethan, after he admits to cheating on her. Coming across Iris's listing on her cottage of her cottage on a home swap website, she messages her. They agree to switch houses for two weeks starting the next day. Iris happily settles into Amanda's large house, but Amanda decides she has made a mistake and plans to return home the next day. That night, Iris's handsome book editor brother, Graham, drops by after drinking too much at the local pub, asking to spend the night. Amanda agrees, agrees and after they talk, Graham unexpectedly kisses her on the lips. Then she suggests that they have sex as she does not expect to see him ever again. The next morning, despite having enjoyed their time together, they go their separate ways. That evening, Graham meets friends at the pub for dinner and sees Amanda there, having decided to stay. Iris meets Arthur Abbott, Amanda's elderly neighbor and Oscar-winning screenwriter from The Golden Age of Film. Over dinner, Iris tells him about her trouble with Jasper. He gives her a long list of movies with strong female characters to watch so she can become the leading lady of her own life. Iris convinces Arthur to be the keynote speaker of a Writers Guild of America West Gala and exercises with him so he can walk on stage without his walker. 
She also befriends Miles, a colleague of Ethan, who is dating aspiring actress Maggie. While at the video store looking for one of the movies on Arthur's list, he catches Maggie with another man that night. Iris explains her troubles with Jasper, and they have dinner together to bring each other's spirits up on Christmas Eve. Amanda opens up to Graham, telling him she had not cried since her parents divorced when she was 15. Surprising him at his house, she discovers he is a widower with two young daughters. He kept his daughters a secret because compartmentalizing his life helps him deal with the overwhelming responsibility of being a single father. He does not want to bring a woman into the girls' lives unless the relationship uh, definitely has a future. They begin to think their relationship is more complicated than they can handle. On the day of the screenwriter's gala, Maggie asks Miles to take her back, but he refuses. Jasper surprises her by showing up at Amanda's, but Iris, drawing on the example of the women from Arthur's films, kicks him out. At the gala, Arthur walks on stage unassisted, and Miles asks Iris out on a date for New Year's Eve. She agrees and kisses him. Meanwhile, Graham tells Amanda he has fallen for her, and while she says she does not return to the sen- uh, while she says she does not return the sentiment, they agree to make a long-distance relationship work. While heading to the airport, Amanda breaks down crying. She runs back to the cottage, and she and Graham make plans to spend New Year's Eve together with his daughters. On New Year's Eve, Iris, Amanda, Miles, and Graham, with his daughters, all happily celebrate at Graham's house. All right, so when did you first watch The Holiday, and what were your initial thoughts? Um, I saw it a long time ago. I've only actually seen this movie once before this. Oh, man. Now that I think about it. Yeah, so back in 2006 or 2007 when it came out, I got it on DVD. And I actually bought it, though. It was one of those. I mean, I used to just buy movies like left and right. Uh, and so, I mean, I, apparently I liked it, though. Um, I don't re- really remember much about it. And that's kind of why I wanted to discuss it today. I know that you said you've seen it before and you really liked it. And you're not the only person I know that that likes it. There are uh, many other people, too. Mm-hmm. And so we saw I watched this on Netflix. And when I watched it today, it said, you better hurry because it expires on the 30th. <laughs> Mine had a ticking time bomb on it. <laughs> yeah. I was like, well, movie's eight hours. So how much time I got? Let's see. Uh, okay. Yeah. So I saw it in the theater. And yeah, I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. You oh. saw this in the theater? Uh-huh. Oh, wow. I Who'd you see it, it with? Uh, my ex-wife. Oh, cool. We, I feel like we always saw Cameron Diaz movies in the theater. Really? It's like a thing yeah i always like saw her movies i don't know why night and day i love night and day oh my god that movie is so funny touching the um, lego and right through you're gonna probably get a medal for this <laughs> she's like stop saying my name stop saying me keep saying my name it's making me nervous <laughs> nice oh, yeah i like that movie uh yeah so there you have it the holiday yeah based off of a madonna song yeah exactly so are you a fan of romantic comedies and if so what are some of your favorites it might help our listeners have a frame of reference for this movie and your taste in cinema (laughs) yeah i mean i would say i'm a fan of rom-coms not as hardcore as some other people uh there are those people you know that really love the hallmark channel movies i can't do that um even netflix is becoming annoying with uh, Holiday and a Christmas Prince and those ones. I just, I don't want to watch them. I did watch a Netflix original one that was pretty good though. And I talked about it the other week and that was um, Love Hard. I thought that was pretty good. It's Walk Hard. It's a Dewey Cox story. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's wrong. But um, like thinking I had to go to the internets for some of these because I just was like, man, what rom-coms do I like? But Pretty Woman, uh, Punch Drunk Love, The Wedding Singer, Forty Year Old Virgin, Ten Things I Hate About You. 
uh, Groundhog's Day. Um, <laughs> she's all that. <laughs> welcome Pri- to Groundhog's Day. Welcome to, to Rom Com's Day. The Princess Bride. And um, I think that's it. But uh, there are some, I mean, just around the, that same kind of genre. And I know we already talked about uh, 40 year old virgin and forgetting Sarah Marshall. And like we've done Princess Bride and the wedding singer and clueless for all those. But yeah, we've done a decent amount. And I was thinking as I did this list, like what would classify something as a rom-com? But I think it's exactly that it's a romantic comedy. So 40 year old virgin seems just like a comedy, but it's clearly about him finding love. And, and he does. So I totally think that's a rom-com. Mm hmm. Unless you think different, but you like this means war. That's like one of your favorites. <laughs> no, isn't that a uh, Gerard Butler? No, that's uh, Reese Witherspoon and uh, yeah, uh, Tom Bane. Hardy and yeah. Chris, Chris Pine. It's got yeah. Captain Kirk, Bane, and uh, El Gossum. <laughs> yeah, means <Yeah. laughs> war. Uh, but yes, those are those are some of the wrong cons I like. And actually, Harold and Maude. Harold and Maude is was fantastic, and I, I was glad we did that one. That one was incredible. Yeah, that one's pretty good. I I I never officially ever called that one a rom com. Uh, oh yeah, I guess we did discuss that, didn't we? It's it's so dark. <laughs> it is it is dark. It's like a it's like a dark rom com. Yeah, like Beetlejuice. <laughs> what? <laughs> There's no romance in Beetlejuice. <laughs> sure. Goes to the strip club. Uh, yeah. Does he? <laughs> There's a shrunken head. I know yeah. that. Oh. That's good stuff. Yeah. Right. That's pretty good. Pretty good list. Mm-hmm. All right. So in the trivia section, you mentioned house swapping became popular after this film was released. Have you ever house swapped, wife swap, pet swap, <laughs> shoe swap, gun swap, or any other kind of swap with another person inside or outside these United States of America? <laughs> oh, you did it. <laughs> Congratulations. That was awesome. Um, yeah, you know, um, I nothing. This is a family show, so I can't go into details about how much swapping I've done. <laughs> Fluid <laughs> transfer. <laughs> Let's talk about key parties here. But <laughs> uh, I haven't done a house swap, but I actually host Couch Surfers. So there's an app called Couch Surfing, and you can meet people from all over the world. It's really cool. Uh, I I have a second bedroom in my place now, so I've hosted some couch servers here. But before that, I would just host them literally on my couch, and it was great. Um, it's it's you know it's free. I don't expect anything in return, but I get to meet people from all over the world. And so when I travel, it's a very much quid pro quo. It's like, hey, I'm in town now. Like, show me around. That's that's all I need, right? So that's been really fun, and you you get a lot of stories. Um, you get to see just a different side of of life. And in this movie, um, I don't own my house. Uh, when I do, though, if I had if I had it set up well, I would love to house swap because I was contemplating uh, which house I would prefer if I wanted Amanda's or if I wanted Iris's. And it's it's weird because like I love technology. I love nice things. And so Amanda's house was awesome. Right. But Iris's house was was more up my alley. I think, it, you know, a nice cottage castle thing. Uh, just so beautiful, uh, tiny bathroom. Like <laughs> I loved it with all my heart. So I think I think that's what I would want to do. But it's cool because, and I have friends who who have house swapped. It's cool because you get respectful people, and I mean, you can put locks on doors you don't want people to go into. But it's just a, a different way to see the world, especially now that I work remote. It's it's great, right? Like I would love to do that in a heartbeat. So um, that's about it. No uh, no wife swapping, no pet swapping. <laughs> 
No gum. I got gum on my seat. <laughs> gum. Yeah. Have you ever have you ever thought about doing it ever? Or would you just be too weirded out? Okay, so one thing that I could never do is leave my dog. So you know how she was she had Amanda walk her dog and take care of her dog. That is not oh, something yeah. I could ever do. I could never let some other human take care of my dog that I didn't know. You know. That's just not in the cards. So assuming I lived in an an animal free home then maybe I could try it. Okay. Yeah. And I would have, to, I would have to have some sort of, you know, video conference with the person to know what they were like. Right. Absolutely. You know, I couldn't yeah. do it. I couldn't do it by putting a, a classified ad in a paper and just randomly <laughs> meeting some rando stranger that could murder me. Um, c- c- can't happen. I would have to see them. It would have to be a little bit more secure to where, um, you know, in the event something happened, I knew that I could count on them kind of thing. Totally. Know. Yeah, that would so. make sense. But it, I mean, I do like the idea of it uh, because you can actually, you know, see the world. And, and especially if you I guess if you were wealthy, which is one of those shitty things, it's like some of them aren't really traveling the way I travel. But like if I had a second house and it was just as like a, uh, you know, a vacation home and I swap that with people, that'd be cool because I probably wouldn't have as much stuff in it that I care about necessarily. So, I don't know. Right. Sounds like you need a timeshare, my friend. <laughs> I, don't, I don't share time with, anything, with anybody. I don't share shit with anybody. So. Yeah, I realize that I take all the fun out of it by needing to meet them and have a video conference and make sure that they're a, nor- a normal person. Uh, there you is something romantic background about background check. Right, yeah. I mean, there is something romantic about the idea. Um, I just don't think that me being the nervous Nelly that I am would be able to do it. Totally without it being on my own terms right so absolutely yeah so moving on arthur abbott is the sweetest man on the whole damn planet you know he lost his partner but has tremendous insight on life and all that comes with it have you ever met an arthur abbott character in your travels i've definitely met people like arthur and i agree with you he was adorable and he was so kind and so polite he wasn't a pervert he just he treated her like a daughter and he just he was very thankful to have a friend um, I've met people like that. I don't know specifically, uh, just because I'd have to really rack my brain, but I've definitely met, you know, elderly people or just overall kind people that you're like, holy shit, this person is so nice. Like they did not need to be this nice. And it's a, it's a real refreshing thing with, with how captious, uh, the society is. <laughs> it's nice to meet good people and it gives me hope when I get older sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he was a, he was a sweetie. Yeah, he was the ugly in The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. He was also Don Altobello in The Godfather 3, your he favorite was. Godfather. Yeah. He, eats, he eats the cannoli. Yeah. <laughs> he dances. Doesn't make it. <laughs> hey, spoiler alert. Yeah. Oh, well. What can you I know, well, it's your favorite. I know that. Sofia oh, Coppola is your favorite. <laughs> she is. I have a cardboard cutout of her. I have two cardboard cutouts of her, one upstairs and one downstairs. <laughs> there you go. So you never miss any opportunity to see her. Yeah, always. <laughs> She's That's why people. you get weak in the knees when you're going upstairs. I do. I do. Trip number seven, man. There you go. Woo. Now, have you ever had a bad breakup where you just got in your car or jumped on a plane and just took off like Iris and Amanda? Yeah, I've had I've had a, a two that come to mind. Not necessarily like jumping on a plane and flying anywhere, but I am very spontaneous with flights. Like so. uh this well, this episode will come out later, so it's fine. I can say now, but I'm going to surprise my mom. Her birthday is actually tomorrow uh, on the first, and 
I decided to just, I was like, let me look at the weather and tickets for Alaska because she lives up in Anchorage. And I checked and it was, it was pretty reasonable. It's disgustingly cold there. I think it's like single digit weather up there. Yeah, but gnarly. I, I know, but I've never been up there in the wintertime. And so I'm in a surprise there and I can work from home. So I'm just bringing my laptop up and I'm just going to work from a coffee shop. I'm going up for Monday through Friday. Come back, you know, easy peasy, right? So I've done, I'm, I'm very spontaneous with travel like that. But one, uh, one breakup I remember I had, I did at the gal for like a year and it was just kind of a not so great breakup. But uh, I went on a backpacking trip, uh, kind of spur of the moment backpacking trip with some friends at Mount Hood in Oregon. It was great. It was awesome. Had a, had a wonderful time. It sucked. I mean, it was good to be around friends, but it sucked when I was alone at times, especially since they were coupled up. It was five of us and it was two couples and me and I'm <laughs> in my tent by myself and I'm just like playing my <laughs> harmonica. I don't have a harmonica, but <laughs> I was uh, I was saying it's a wife uh, swap, but you, yeah. you're the odd man out. <laughs> <laughs> you go. Yeah, we all threw our keys in the, in the bowl. Forever it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then, um, yeah, another one, too, that was similar to that. And actually, that was also down in, in Portland. I just took a, a trip down there to visit some friends, like literally the day after it happened. I was like, I need to get out of here. I'm um, I'm quick to do that. I'm quick to go up to places like Bellingham or, I mean, L.A. is not far. Vegas is not far. I'll just literally ask people, I'm like, hey, you want to go to Vegas or, hey, you want to go to California? And a lot of people are down for it. It's pretty cool. I'm I'm a fan of that. So, yeah, anything to kind of keep myself occupied. I, I definitely um, empathized with with what they were kind of going through with shitty relationships and being always being a bridesmaid sort of thing. Uh-huh. So, yeah, totally. All right. So in your travels, have you ever connected with someone like Iris and Miles or Amanda and Graham to where you just hit it off the second you met them? Totally. Absolutely, man. And I think that's why I like this movie so much is because I, I felt like a little piece of me was in each each of the four main characters. I, I don't think they listen to this show. I won't use their names, but um, there were there were two gals in particular that I met. One was um, one was from the Czech Republic and she was actually over here, but we traveled around a little bit and uh, oh man, like uh, I just I liked her so much. We had so many fun moments and fun times together. Um, and then another one was in New Zealand, too. And we just really, Ricky really Baker. Ricky Baker. Uh, Ricky, Ricky Baker. <laughs> really, really hit it off. Uh, it was great. Um, I mean, we're still friends to this day, like both of those gals. And then there's a couple others from the U.S. that kind of had the same thing that, you know, ended up moving on. But I totally I totally feel it. And, and I like the rationalization that uh, both Amanda and Graham had. They, she was like, well, I'm only here for a little bit. So this makes sense. But we're humans and and that stuff kind of happens. And they had they, they just when you know, you know, sort of thing. Um, so it didn't really I didn't find it far fetched that Graham was in love with her after knowing her for like a week. Um, sometimes you just you really hit it off. And, and that's what it is. Um, I mean, it can be the honeymoon phase, right? Because you're in a different area. You're not in your element and everyone acts a little a, a little different, I guess, is what I would say. But I think it's some. Um, I don't know. I just think it's a great feeling when, when you actually encounter it. Um, and I've definitely had it happen before. So sure. I don't know. All right. So the synopsis mentioned the golden age of film. When Iris steps into Arthur's study, she is immediately mesmerized by the history in the room. What are some classic films that you enjoy that are pre 1950? Not many. Really? <laughs> I don't, I don't really watch that many old films other than in like film class, but I had to Google it. 
Um, and there were some that I was a fan of. One really cool thing about the old films is like, I loved the artwork that they used to have for the, them, you know, like they were all paintings essentially. Um, so that was always great. But Citizen Kane, of course, just uh, that movie I've appreciated more and more throughout the years, just by appreciating film and obviously yeah. studying like it, less it in and less. <laughs> I see. I'm the opposite. So. Yeah. I'm fucking over it, man. <laughs> I bet you are. <laughs> Panama Red. Um, yeah. The the Wizard of Oz. It's pretty high to get up there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. JC was a carpenter. <laughs> Whoa, dude, are you stiffing my underwear? <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. Um, Wizard of Oz. That is it's a good, good one. one. So, it's 1939. Yeah. The Maltese. And it's black and white and color. It's got uh, whoa. both. Technicolor. Whoa. Yeah. The Maltese Falcon and sure. and It's a Wonderful Life. I forgot that that movie was before the 50s. It was oh, 1946. Yeah. They had to draw that movie first. It's really? really old. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Crazy. It was one, of them, one of them notepads and they just flipped the pages to tell the story. Exactly. That's why it was just Jimmy Stewart dancing. Yeah. <laughs> He's doing the Macarena <laughs> the whole time. But I did look at a bunch of the movies that were on there. and I'm like, oh, I, I've heard of these films. So, I mean, I will at some point jump on that bandwagon i know that hbo max has turner classic movies there's a bunch on there that i could probably get into uh i just really didn't i i I need a a um eli wallach in my life to tell me to watch these movies (laughs) (laughs) right sure so there's some good like the philadelphia story is really good i enjoyed that was one i remember you talking about that one i saw that on the list i was like oh yeah justin likes this movie yeah that movie's awesome uh casablanca that's another one i mean you mentioned maltese falcon uh same Three fucking people were in both movies. Humphrey so. Bogart and yeah, yeah. Sydney Greenstreet, I think, and Peter Lorre. All three of them are in both. Um, Wizard of Oz is another one for me. My grandma really likes Gone with the Wind. I think that movie is about 40 hours too long, so it's, it's hard long. for me to get into. It's a long movie. <laughs> yeah, that was like her favorite movie. She, I mean, she saw it in a, in a theater. So, I mean, it was a it was a motion picture coming to life for her, you know, so it's it a big deal, but. That was like Avengers Endgame for them. Right. <laughs> it was. Yeah. Oh, man. It's like Butler's Assemble. <laughs> what? What's his name? <laughs> Rhett Butler or something like that? I don't remember. Brett uh, Butler? Rhett. Is oh. Name? Rhett? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I can't remember. Yeah. Gone with the Wind. Check it out. Add it to your list. Oh, Maybe. Man. I don't know if I have enough days in the week for that. <laughs> I know it's way too fucking long. No, no, Can't do no, it. Not, yeah. not going to work here anymore. <laughs> yeah. Clark Gable. Yeah. And Rhett Butler. That's his okay. Name. Yeah. Clark Gable. I know that. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I'm second guessing myself. <laughs> Butler's a symbol. What's the matter with you? Uh, anyway, Arthur mentions to Iris that in the movies we have leading ladies and we have the best friend. He can tell she's a leading lady, but for some reason she's acting like the best friend. It's brutal, but brilliant. Do you, Zach, feel like you are the lead in your own story? I, I, that, I really thought about that quite a bit when he said that and that line. And I'm like, man, I doubt myself a lot. So I think that at times I feel like I am the supporting guy. I, uh, I'm the David Spade to the Chris Farley. I'm the <laughs> <that a> fat joke. <laughs> no, no, Richard. Should what I are be you doing? In, should I be insulted your, right now? But your briefcase is over here. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, I I do kind of feel um, often that that happens, and 
this is just my morose thinking during the holidays, which is a bummer. But like when you go to a an event and everyone's coupled up and you're just that that lonely guy drinking eggnog and stuff, uh, it just it kind of sucks at times. But I mean, the thing about it is I just I need to stop doubting myself at times. Um, I have confidence. I'm I'm happy with who I am for the most part, but I do doubt myself at times. And, and sometimes I don't think I'm good enough or I get hung up on in old ways. And it's it's a bummer. So I can I can totally relate to that and and see why maybe, uh, you know, I, I couldn't take charge or I'm trying to be too polite or, or, or too supportive of people when at the end of the day, sometimes I need to be selfish. And I think it's really important for people to be selfish. I've bent over backwards and it's just got me completely, you know, twisted and and, and messed up. And so um, like I, I need to be a sweat li- song. Yeah. Got me twisted over. Yeah. You. <laughs> I know. And then I go to Brian McKnight and I start back at one. So um, I know, right? Um, Yeah, I definitely have issues with that. So I think I just need to be true to myself still. Uh, I I, I have to I can't just give up, though, either. I need to get back out there and be happy and be the leading actor in anything. And that goes for more than just dating, too. I think not being complacent with, you know, your work job, your life, the different circumstances. Right now, I'm I'm struggling because I feel that I'm really immature at times because I don't own a house. And I know that's a really stupid thing to think about, but I think I've just had a lot of pressure from uh, different friends or different people I've met who have houses. But the hardest thing for me is learning how to separate uh, the, the, that, that difference between people and understanding that you can't compare yourself to that uh, because not every situation is the same. My friends who have houses, they're married or they came from money, whereas I didn't. And I'm not old married. money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which we all know is slave money. So that's <laughs> a bunch of racists. But when we, when um, we play Catan, I like to start with extra stuff. And I go, I come from old money. <laughs> so I just get extra buildings whoa. and stuff. Whoa. Like, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> It's fine. I'm wealthy. <laughs> yeah. Can you just do it? Can you just do it? Uh, so I, I think not comparing myself to others is, is a big thing. So I, I think I do need to try to take more of a leadership role or a leading, not a leading lady, but a leading man. Mm-hmm. I don't know. All right. We'd make a buddy cop movie and you'd be Danny Glover. I'd be Mel Gibson. With I, all, without all the anti-semitics. I have shit. the same <laughs> aches and pains as one Murtaugh. <laughs> And I have the same hair as one Mel Gibson. Yeah, all over the place, covering your ears. I would never have long hair. Can't do it. I know. <laughs> Just not in the cards. I know. You you express that about Finn Wolfhard. I know. I hate it. <laughs> Ugh. Grosses me out. That is gross. And and when the movie begins with the mom cutting his hair, I was like, oh, thank God. I don't have to look at it. And I'm like, she only cut like one piece. <laughs> Yeah, she really did. I was like, what is she doing? Yeah, lame. This looks messy. I hate it. Yeah, that disheveled look is not cute. Not a fan. (laughs) Anyway, uh, so Amanda and Graham have a magical first date. Everything is going just perfect. At one moment, you can see doubt on Amanda's face that this is just too good to be true. Do you ever get inside your own head and freak yourself out before anything has come to be? Is it hard for you to just enjoy the moment or are you always thinking about how is this perfect thing going to get screwed up? Yeah, I really try to be optimistic, but it's hard at times when, you know, you can only touch a, a hot stove so many times. And so I try to have fun. You have to blow but, on it, see? Yeah, exactly. You got to wear, you know, of gloves. Um, an oven mitt. <laughs> yeah. They make uh, those. I know they do. But 
I've just been like let down a bunch, and so it's it's rough. I don't want to be all mopey on this episode. Be mopey. It's Christmas. That's what it's all about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I've uh, I try to to again remain optimistic about that stuff and try not to overthink it. But sometimes I just overanalyze stuff. Dude, dating is so goddamn hard, especially in Seattle where people are are transplants. People never want to speak the truth. They're very passive aggressive. It's a it's a weird time and a weird place to be dating now. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely get excited when something seems to be going really well. But I do keep my guard up because I just know, you know, I've talked with you off air about this stuff where it's like I get excited, but it, something happens. And I, I sometimes don't like telling people that because then they're like, well, what'd you do? And I'm like, dude, I promise you I didn't do anything. <laughs> what'd you do? I know. I'm just like, I promise you I didn't do anything. I was, uh, I, I, I did the whole back to that previous question. I was bending over backwards and not playing my leading man. And maybe that's the reason why. Maybe we just solved it right there. I need to be my own leading man. So I think there's a, a, a lot with it. And, and I, I definitely overthink things. So yeah, when I, I felt when when Graham and Amanda were saying the shit during, you know, their moments that they're their intimate moments and they were acting kind of weird. <laughs> I've mm-hmm. done that stuff too. put my foot in my mouth very, very many times. <laughs> so earlier you used the word selfish and I don't I don't think that that's what you need to be. But I think self-care is different than being selfish. And I think that taking care of yourself is what's most important. Yeah, that's more what I'm talking about. I, I use selfish uh, very, very uh, generously, I think. Um, so I would I would be I, I want to take care of myself. I think it's important to make yourself priority number one. I want to be someone's priority. I don't want to be their top priority because I think number one is yourself. And so um, so that's number more, two on the speed dial. There we go. Yeah. Or even number three yeah, behind nine one one. Yeah. Behind <laughs> family Behind Taco Bell. But behind Vin Diesel. That's what I, <laughs> as long as it's a Corona, uh, that's what I meant by selfish is, is I need to at times realize, Hey, why are you bending over backwards to go do this when you're not getting anything out of it? Or when it's not really, you're setting a weird precedent. Well, you don't need to get something out of it per se. I think that as long as you're enjoying giving, then I think that's, I think that's difference. You know, it's some people that's their love language to do things for others. And I think that that's totally cool. I just, I just want you to 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 enjoy, uh, you know, giving and doing and being there for somebody. And then there's that going to be that time where you just want to not do anything or you want to go watch this movie or you want to go on a hike or whatever. Yeah. And it shouldn't be a problem. It should yeah. be. It should be. You know what? You've been amazing. Uh, you go do what you got to do. And I'm pretty good about that for the most part. I think. For example, like I had one that was it, it pissed me off. It was a situation where, you know, the gal worked a bunch and we dated for two months. Um, long story short, she Too didn't want she didn't want to commit to <laughs> clue reference. She didn't want to commit to us being a couple, even though we did every single thing together, like as a couple. She just didn't want the title. It was weird, but she worked a bunch. I was constantly like, hey, it's fine. Like I can make dinner. I can come over and do this, blah, blah, blah. And just because I wanted to see her and I thought I was doing the right things. And like I wanted to see her and it was fine. But then there were moments that I'm like, man, I keep coming over to her house a lot and I keep sacrificing that and like my bed. And so I just look like I have egg on my face at the end of it. And I think that's more what I mean. I should have been like, hey, no, you know, I've been coming over a lot. I think you can make some time to come over here. I know we all get busy. You owe me $3 for gas. (laughs) Yeah. You owe me $200. How dare you talk to me like that in my own house? (laughs) 
You gonna yell at me? You can yell at me, Mile House? <laughs> oh, just an MTV girl. Yeah, just an MTV yeah. girl. I was trying to give him a present. <laughs> <laughs> you yell at me? You yell at me, Mile House? We're like mixing two movies now with a reference. For we all just started you... it with the yelling at my own house. For all you the fighter fans and all you there's something about Mary fans. Oh boy. So <laughs> baseball. What baseball? Baseball. baseball. <laughs> hey Warren. Hey, that's another that's another Cameron Diaz movie. There we oh, go. I know. I know. Yeah. That's a good one. That movie did not age well at all. No, it didn't. The R word oh. is used a lot in that movie. Yeah. Warren. He's uh he's a character. But that's pretty much what I mean. You know, I think it's important to be selfish in that sense. So I think I'm you're you're right. Selfish is not the right term, but I'm I'm just self-care. using it. Self care is a good one. Mm-hmm. There you go. Selfless mm. and self care. Like me, I'm selfless. I don't know about that. I mean, I give and I give and I give. And I give. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, that old that chestnut. old chestnut. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Anyway, so. Let's talk about the musical score to the holiday. I actually really enjoy it. I feel like I'm always chasing after something or like it could be a feeling or a person or just an idea, but I really like the music and every time it plays, I'm just like, oh, oh my gosh. And then so so Hans Zimmer knocked it out of the park uh, with this one. And uh, do you enjoy it as well? And what are some of your favorite scores from one Hans Zimmer? Yeah, I really liked it too. And I think one of my favorite things about it was the fact that there was the uh, diegetic and non-diegetic sound. So like, uh, you know, Jack Black's car when he meets Iris for the first time, it's playing from his car and they can hear it, but it's also omnipresent and we can hear it. So it's 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 the background. It's their, it's their meet cute. You know, it's mm-hmm. a song that plays for them. And I thought that that was really sweet. Um, I had a good time. Like when Miles makes the, uh, the theme for Iris, I kind of like, was was just picturing how that would play out on the screen. And I, I really liked it a lot. So yes, everything about this film was was great in terms of the score. And it blows me away that it was Hans Zimmer because when I think of Zimmer, I think of Nolan films and just bomb, you know, my subwoofer going crazy. So he's um he's had quite the career though. I mean, I'm looking at things and these are mostly just action movies I'm going to probably name, but Broken Arrow, The Rock. <laughs> Broken, um, Arrow. Broken Arrow is awesome with John Travolta. He's the deacon uh, gladiator, like one of the greats. The uh, Mission Impossible 2. The movie is pretty cool. I uh, am. Mission Impossible 2. I yeah, I liked that it. It was terrible. I know a lot of people didn't like it. I liked it. I don't know why. Uh, Black Hawk Down. That was a really good one. Yeah, that's got like drum sounds. Yeah, and it goes. Ah, ah. It doesn't. Uh, Tears of the Sun, The Ring. Ooh, The Last Samurai. That was a good one. What else? Batman Begins. So again, he does a lot of the Nolan films. He did the Dark Knight. He did the Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest. Is that the third one? Dead Man's Chest? Or is that the second one? Uh, that is the second one. Okay. So he did the second one. He uh, also did The World's End or something like that. Is There you go. The Tavern movie. <laughs> it's uh, the third Pirates of the Caribbean movie. There you go. What is that movie called? The World's End? Yeah. That's the, that's the Simon Pegg movie, right? Uh... What is that? It's Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End. The okay. other one is called The World's End. <laughs> what, what is the third movie in the like the the Coronado trilogy? What is that movie? Called? Yeah, I think it's called The World's End. <laughs> so it's 
I think that's what it is. Dot 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 Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> the world's like end. A a, a Pirates song. of the Caribbean. <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean joint. Um, so yeah, he definitely has done a lot of uh, different films that I enjoy quite a bit. Man of Steel did Man of Steel. Oh, I like that one. That was a good one. The Simpsons, Interstellar, your favorite. Oh my god. So the so Interstellar does have some pretty good music. It really does. Superman v uh, Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice. I don't know about all that. I like it. But the Superman theme is one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Like original. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. But I think that's like Williams. <laughs> John Williams. Yeah. Yeah. And then Dunkirk and Blade Runner 2049. Those are good ones. And then Dune. He most recently did Dune. Man, he is just everywhere, though. So I do like the Zimmer there. And the score, it did. It made me happy. You're right. I, I agree with you. I was like, hey, we're on an adventure. Yeah. Yeah. It was sweet. It wasn't cheesy. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. It's a good score. You should go listen to it. Go download the Spotify and listen to it right now. Yeah. Easy peasy. So the revelation that Graham is actually a widower was a pretty big surprise. Uh, one that he didn't want to tell Amanda as she was going to be leaving in a week. Uh, he has struck a very delicate balance with his family dynamic between work, being a single parent and obviously working really hard. Um, is there something about you that maybe you don't share on a first, second or perhaps even third date? Yeah, I don't usually like to talk about my family. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't have a great family life or relationship, I should say. I'm kind of the pariah of my family, but in a good way. And so I try not to divulge a lot of that on on a first or second date because or even a third sometimes because that can turn off people. I've known I've gone on some dates where people are like my mom's my best friend and my sister's my best friend or, or, you know, my brother is and all this kind of stuff. And I love my family. I spend so much time. And I've been I mean, I I, I dated a girl and she one of the reasons she broke up with me is because she said I don't have a good family life. And I was really bummed out by that because I I opened my heart up to her and I told her all the reasons why I was like, I love my family, but unfortunately, you just can't you can't choose them. And and we're kind of past that point where I'm going to try to take the high road because I've taken the high road so many times and I keep falling off that damn road. I ain't got no map, no map quest. Just stay on the low road. (laughs) I know. I got to stay on the middle road. Gotta find Doc Brown and be like, where we're going, we don't need roads. I know. But they're like Anakin and I'm like Obi-Wan. I have the high ground. So, uh, yeah, deep cut right there. Uh, but anyhow, deep tracks only. <laughs> deep tra- deep tracks no only. <laughs> <laughs> For all you Office fans out there. Um, so, I mean, I, I definitely don't talk about my family. It is one of those ones that it's it's tricky. I mean, I have at times and people have accepted it. And I, I pretty much come to people as advertised. But I know that yeah. that one that one's gotten me in trouble in the past. So I try not to. Um, I definitely don't talk about past relationships or anything because I don't think that's a good first or second or third co- date conversation. Right. right. But yeah. And then, um, yeah, I don't talk about my dad either just because I don't I don't need like the sympathy card or anything from anybody. Uh, so I'll I'll bring that up in, in, in later or just in casual conversation. Uh, there <laughs> there's some family history, too, like uh, just some craziness that went on that I try not to give too much. I don't even know if I should say it on that. On, oh, on you the don't show. have to. No, I, I I totally can. It's not. It didn't affect me because I wasn't alive for it. But like my my aunt, she was a victim of Ted Bundy, and um. So that, this was in the seventies, and I didn't know that. I, I I know when whenever I talk about like you know I have a podcast and stuff on dates, 
some girls are like, oh yeah, I love podcasts like true crime. And you and I both have right. discussed true crime a lot. We're like, and so here it comes. <laughs> well, I know. And so when someone's like, oh yeah, you know, like I, I listened to that one about Ted Bundy or this, and I'm just like, bite your tongue, Zach, bite your tongue. <laughs> so I, um, I'm like, yeah, people are going to people, they can, they can like whatever they want, but it is, it is fascinating. Cause once I get to a point with somebody, I'm like, Hey, yeah. So like, this is why I don't like Ted Bundy. <laughs> so I don't like true crime and all that. But, um, I try to, I try not to divulge that stuff too much. Right. So I don't have any kids or anything that I know about. I'm not married. Uh, I don't have anything like that. And I understand why he said it. Cause I've dated people with kids. Um, and, and, you know, it's, it's one of those situations. He explained it really well. He's like, I, I don't want to just introduce my kids to another woman until I know that she's there to stay because then they're going to get confused and it's just, it's too much. And that was the same, the same uh, thing that I was told for, for the women that I've dated that have kids. So I understand what he's, what he's trying to do. And it, it, it makes sense. And you want someone to genuinely like you for who you are and, and not just uh, label you as, oh, well, he's a dad. That's why I can't date him. It's like, hey, but all these other things are really great about you. Oh, and you have kids. I mean, yeah, I mean, I can adjust to that a little bit. It, it's just kind of it threw me off a little bit, but it's it's good. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. But, you know, on, on the other end of that, I've had people who've right off the bat said, hey, I'm a mom. I don't want to scare you. And I'm like, don't scare me. But everybody's different. So I don't know. I don't know what your experience with dating, uh, you know, women with kids was. But yeah, so. um I dated we were talking about it follows once and I was like oh I saw that in Burien that was actually when I was dating this this woman her name was Kate she was finding woman uptown all the way she was great <laughs> and uh she had a son and her ex-husband though was a total just d-bag and every time it was his weekend to have the son something would come up and he just wasn't available and so it really had an impact on our relationship uh the kid was great you know he was fine you know I went trick-or-treating with him and you know, got him birthday present, Christmas presents, all that stuff. Um, it just ended up not working out between us because of this fucking, you know, her ex-husband. He was just terrible. And it was just really causing problems between us. Not because, like, I was like, hey, do you want to go out this weekend? And she's like, I can't. You know, that, that wasn't it. It was just, he was just always just around and was just a problem. And I didn't want to deal with it anymore. But uh, her and her son were fine. Um, he was just too much. And so it didn't work out. But. Um, that was the only person I ever dated with kids. Mm. Um, but yeah. he was, the kid was, the kid was great. Um, yeah, he was, he was, he was a fun, fun little dude. <laughs> but well, and in, in a certain sense, you know, I, I have a hard time. I have a hard time introducing like my close friends to somebody that I'm just starting to date, uh, now a days, I'd say in the past couple of years, I, I need to be better at this because, it's one of those things that I don't want them to be like, wait, who is this again? I, we met a different girl like a month ago. And again, back to like what I was saying, how things just sometimes don't work out. Um, I I try not to bring them around my friends because I don't want people to get confused. So my friends are like my kids. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I just don't. Yeah. Or like my trivia partners. I always the, I have a running trivia that I go to on Wednesdays um, every once in a while. Well, I mean, often, I should say. And the host, she's my friend. She's like, when I come alone, she's like, wow, I'm surprised you didn't bring anybody this time or something. So, yeah. And I feel it's kind of funny, but it also kind of hurts me on the inside because I'm not trying to do this on purpose. It just happens, man. It's sure. just shitty. So that's <laughs> fine. I had a buddy that uh, every time it was his birthday, we would hang out. And I, I every year I would just meet new people because he just had this new group of friends. You know, we, we had been friends since like 1992. And so 
you know, I totally get it, like having like a new circle. But at some point in your life, usually you're the friends that you have are the friends that you have. <laughs> but yeah. it was not the case with him. He just always had this new group of people. It was interesting. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Not, not a bad thing. I just always, it was always just meeting new people. It's like, oh, who am I going to meet this time? <laughs> I wonder if there'll be any repeats. Yeah. Usually I was the only repeat. I felt bad about that. So, oh, well, what can you do? So at the beginning of the film, Iris says it was Shakespeare who also said love is blind. Now that is something I know to be true for some quite inexplicably. Uh, Love fades for others. It's simply lost. But then, of course, love can also be found, even if just for the night. And it cuts to fucking Jude Law. (laughs) Pretty smile. (laughs) Anyway, and then (laughs) there's another kind of love, the cruelest kind, the one that almost kills its victims. It's called unrequited love. Uh, of that, I am an expert. Most love stories are about people who fall in love with each other. But what about the rest of us? What about our stories? Those of us who fall in love alone. We are the victims of the one-sided affair. We are the cursed one. We are the cursed of the loved ones. We are the unloved ones, the walking wounded, the handicapped without an advantage of a great parking space. Yes, you're looking at one such individual. How does that resonate with you? Is there truth to this monologue? Where do you fall into these categories? Ooh, heavy stuff there, man. Heavy I know, sir. I was like, <laughs> I was like, man, this is a Zach movie. As we were I know. It. Holy shit! <laughs> I think you just pretty much summed up what I talked about for the past hour. But maybe yeah. I should ask this question first. But I know, it was kind of at the end there. I was like, eh. I, mean, I mean, we've we've pretty much covered this. So if you want to add anything to it then by all means, go for it. So I think there is truth in the monologue. But but again, I'm a very tenacious person. And I do believe I will get out of ruts. I do believe that things can change. And I'm, it's not going to be this way forever, even when it does seem like I'm down. Uh, the holidays, like I said, are really rough. And like this past weekend, I had a couple of days when I was just like, man, I don't like anything in the world. And I just want to curl up in a little ball and stay underneath my bed for a while. And um, but but you got to each day is a new day and you just got to get up and keep going sort of thing. But I think that I love watching movies like this and movies in general because they help me escape a bit and kind of just cheer me up or put me in a, in a different kind of mindset. And so I want to always be optimistic. Um, if I had to pick something, like if I had to say, do I fall into these categories? Are you specifically saying like for how it says, I mean, this is what I decided. It says, uh, what about our stories? Those of us who fall in love alone, we are the victims of the one-sided affair. We are the cursed of, we are the cursed of the loved ones. That's what I would say is the cursed of the loved ones. <laughs> yeah. Um, but again, I'm, I'm being, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm I mean, you're not an old man. Too, you're not like no, 90 years no, no, old no, 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 no. And, and cruising dating sites. You know, you yeah. have a long life to to live and it's and it's great. I hope and so. And so I want you to remember <laughs> that. You know, I mean, like, uh, I mean, I'm 41 years old and I'm finally having my first child. You know what I mean? And I just got married two months ago kind of thing. So it, it can happen at any point. So, I mean. As long as, as as you're open to the opportunity, which you always are, then I don't think you're going to have a problem. There's, there's, yeah, it's a big world out there and you like to travel in it. So you will find what it is that you're looking for. Yeah, totally. And I think it's it's just hard because, it you know, as we get older, um, trying to find that and seeing 
uh, all your friends are coupled up and when you want to go hang out with somebody, but they're just, oh, hey, I'm busy, hey, I'm busy, hey, I'm busy. And I'm like, dude, come on. We used to go do things together. <laughs> right. You don't and even like, love yeah. your family. Come hang out with me. I know. It's just uh, <laughs> it's just one of those things. Um, sure. But that, that, that goes along with the house thing, too, where people go, oh, you know, I bought a house and I'm like, cool. Well, yeah, I can't come hang out because it's like 30 miles outside of town. And I'm like, yeah, or more guess, like <laughs> yeah. i'll drive i guess but man this sucks so sure i don't know i'm going through that right now with some various friends who are just kind of in their own world and it's okay but i'm gonna let them do their own thing and just kind of let 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 it happen so let, let things let the cards unfold i guess but, right um well i mean it goes back yeah. to the self-care too thing right like so i mean totally they have to do what they gotta do you gotta do what you gotta do and you'll just meet in the middle when it's convenient yeah i mean as long as you have your yeah, exactly. I mean, it's the fair weather friends are the ones that you want to avoid, right? They're the ones that are kind of lame where they only come around when everything is good and, you know, they're happy to be your buddy and blah, blah, blah. And then uh, things might happen and then they're, they're nowhere to be found. Those yeah. are the worst. So those fair weather fans, just like those fair weather Seahawks fans. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I can't even enjoy the I games know. right now. I know. <laughs> was I just telling you that? I was like, fuck, man. I, I need to win like a couple of times because then I can I can get excited when they lose. But if they're just constantly losing, then it's it's a joyless experience. <laughs> oh, man. I had a, I, I've been swamped at work. And yesterday I was working, you know, nonstop from 7 a.m. until like 5 p.m. And and I couldn't I, I was able to run through the uh, throughout midday, which was great. I got my run in. But like I was trying to cook my food and I just felt so behind and it's hard when you're, you feel behind, you don't have any downtime. And then, so on top of having that, like watching that piss poor game, I'm just like, are you fucking kidding me? I, it just would not stop yesterday. So that was a, that was dumb, but whatever. I mean, we're, we're a crappy team. I am cognizant now of when I tweet about it and I keep thinking of you just, just watching <laughs> my Twitter feed and don't, laughing. Don't, don't, no, don't. <laughs> no, I'm, not, I'm not getting any joy out of this season whatsoever. <laughs> I would rather them go to the Super Bowl and lose than, oh. than lose every game. Hey, don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> it's not fun. I need, I need a sense of hope to exist so it can be ripped away and it's not <laughs> well and the biggest bummer for me so this is my first year where i technically have season tickets my best friend he has uh season tickets and i bought his uh second pair that he was able to grab and i'm like oh this is gonna be so cool and what do they do they fucking tank this year <laughs> yeah. and so i kid you not justin tickets are going for like 20 dollars a piece right now <laughs> People are like giving them away and here I am and I spent, you know, I only spent 1500 for the entire season, but I mean like I'm all I'm asking for for people is face value and I feel bad even for that. So I've been shooting under for it. It's just like it sucks, dude. It's it's like the worst year to, to have it and and where people are buying $20 tickets and like even the Seahawks are selling tickets for like 50 bucks. I paid 82 for some for most of my tickets and I'm like, right. fuck that, dude, give my money back. <laughs> right. When just a couple years ago, it was like $400. Oh, man. $500 yeah. a ticket. It's crazy. Well, being a season ticket holder for any Seattle sports is like, besides the Mariners, which is arguably the best in my opinion. But, um, you know, like the Kraken tickets, season tickets sold out in like seconds. Five, yeah. yeah, like 30 seconds to like five minutes or whatever. And then I know that'll happen with the Sonics. There's a lot of Sounders season ticket holders, I know. Um, but yeah, Seahawks, you, you take a number and get in line and wait five years, basically, before you can even be considered for it. So it's pretty crazy stuff. I mean, I don't think this is going to we're going to be horrible forever, but this is just a bummer. And I kind of wish the organization was like, hey, here's a little kickback for us being so bad, you know, <laughs> and for yeah. all the money, the money you spent, because this is pretty ridiculous. 
So I just don't like I don't like the market in general for tickets, but right. No, no, it's scandalous. Scandalous. Oh, well, what can you do? What are your final thoughts on the holiday and which letter grade would you give it? I really liked this movie a lot. Um, I am glad that we re- that we watched it. I had a good time. It is a little long. They, they could have cut out some of the stuff. Um, you know, maybe Amanda and uh, Graham falling in love uh, could have trimmed some of that. Same thing with well, Miles and Iris didn't have that much in terms of the scenes that they were able to fall in love because it was mostly focused on Iris and um, Eli Wallach's character, mm-hmm. um, uh, Arthur. So I really enjoyed Jack Black a lot. And my friend, she was like it's weird how attracted I was to Jack black in the holiday. Cause he's just like a sweet, funny guy. And I think that gives, gives people like me hope and it's gotta be sweet and funny and play music. So, um, do you play music? I don't. I play. I can write you some songs. Oh, yay. I got some good songs. <laughs> yeah. Like Aquaman. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> um, but yes, I, uh, I I really liked this movie a lot. I was glad we watched it. And I think it's important for my Christmas criteria because I have three elements of a Christmas film. Any if any one of these movies, any whatever movie you want to call Christmas, um, if it has one of these elements, it's a Christmas film. It has to have Christmas in the in the plot. So it needs to be central to the plot. It needs to have Christmas or some sort of holiday in the title. Um, and or it needs to be something that you personally enjoy watching during the holiday season. And I think this movie hits all three. Uh, the whole Christmas swap is the reason they did it. It was very central to the movie. The house and, swap. Yeah. Well, I know, but I mean, they did it during Christmas is what I'm saying is like, right. It was, you know, the entire film takes place essentially during Christmas, uh, that, that break. And, and it's, it's really important. Yeah. And that asshole Rufus Sewell. He's like, yeah. that bikini I got you with my with my wife on waiting on whim. I don't know. He was a <laughs> yeah. prick. So he's a good, he's like a good guy in dark city. Is that what it's called? Yes. Liam Neeson. What? <laughs> Liam dark Neeson? Ma- I was thinking in dark man. No, 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 no. It's, um, it's with the Rufus and it has like, um, Kiefer Sutherland in it. I think it's called. Oh, dark I have city. no idea what that is. In. Yeah. Dark city. That's it. It's a crazy movie. But he's a good guy in that, kind of. <laughs> he's in some other movies, but I, I don't think it's the only movie he's a good guy. <laughs> uh, he's just that, just got that face. <laughs> he does. In terms of, oh, I'm sorry. In terms of my letter grade, I mean, I man, I don't know. This one's got to be like a B plus for me. I, I really enjoy it. So, yeah, right, that's fair. Yeah, I like it too. It's one that I feel like I watch. If I don't watch it every Christmas, I watch it every other. I feel like it's on a lot. In my home, at, in the around the holidays, <laughs> um, this feels like an Alex movie. Yeah, it is, but it's good. I, I have I have no problems watching it. Uh, like when when you picked this one, I was like, all right, that's fine. It's part mm-hmm. of my my rotation anyway. So NBD. Yeah, but like, there's a couple holiday films, and you know, you know, one of your third criteria was this movie that you have to enjoy watching around the holidays. So like, mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings is one that I used to only really watch around the holidays. Now I watch it like once a month. <laughs> <laughs> so it doesn't count anymore it's kind of diminished yeah. that but i do i can't imagine that those are uh, that is a trilogy that exists in homes around the holidays oh yeah i mean i'm i'm with you too i i lord of the rings is my favorite everything but 
I actually have done the opposite of you and I almost mostly strictly watch it in December. I'll watch it a ton in December, but mm-hmm. it just reminds me of the holidays. Um, right. I don't know. It came lo- out in yeah. December. So that makes exactly. Sense. And I, I think it's just a nice, you know, winter break sort of it gets dark. I, I work from sun up to sundown, basically, you know, seven to five. And it's it's dark when I'm off work. And so I'm like, well, it's raining outside. It's ugly. Let me just watch Lord of the Rings. And that's usually this time of year. So. I definitely consider those and Harry Potter. Harry Potter is like a big Christmas movie for me because mm. those whole things. Yeah, it's just nice to cozy up and you say Happy Christmas, Ron. So. Yeah, Happy Christmas. <laughs> yeah, that's what I say. Happy Christmas. I know. Um, so, yeah, most of those were, you know, November releases. I think like um, there were, the fifth one might have been like a summer release. Yeah. It was weird. Yeah, that's right. Because I was like, huh. Or the Phoenix. Yeah, something. Who's Cedric? Who's hey, Cedric? Your boyfriend? <laughs> no, asshole. Big D. I don't know whatever <laughs> yeah. his name is. Yeah. Heavy, heavy D. <laughs> heavy D in the voice. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I, I think that the, the holiday and Family Stone, that Family Stone somehow creeped into my rotation. And I'm not like a big like Sarah Jessica Parker fan or anything like that, but I really love the, fi- the family dynamic that exists in that mm-hmm. movie. And when an outsider comes in and just, ruins all of it i think that's relatable for so many people it's always weird when you go to another house and for the holidays and everyone has their routines and their rituals and their traditions and and you're just not really a part of it yeah they they want you to be and it just it feels weird and i don't know it's uh it's so foreign but yeah um it can be crazy so. I know that you said that you you really enjoyed that one too. I need to rewatch that one as well. It's just sad. It kind of it breaks is. my heart a little bit. So I I don't know. It's as I've gotten older and my tastes have changed. I've I've really warmed up to it, and so I don't know. It's it's interesting <laughs> how that happens. Well, and actually, one of my rotation now is It's a Wonderful Life because we did it last year, and I I absolutely love that movie, and I did not expect to feel the feelings that I felt during right. that. So absolutely I, loved it. I can go the rest of my life without ever watching that movie again. <laughs> Just watch the last 30 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> so cool. He's in the plastic or whatever. So, yeah. It's know. not in my house. It's at uh, Frank's house and George's yeah. house. <laughs> I'm going to need that $4 guy. <laughs> <laughs> For anyway, so cool. we have fans out there. We have more Christmas movies ahead, right? Have you already picked out all the movies? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for the next one, we are going to do Jingle All the Way. And that one oh. will be real fun because you are in the toy industry. So I'm, I'm going to have a lot of toy questions for you. On oh, that great. One. I know. So start thinking about your favorite uh, Turbo Man doll you got when you were a kid. <laughs> I saw a Turbo Man at Comic-Con. Really? Yeah. It's a good costume, actually. Yeah. It <laughs> it's a really cool costume. I was impressed. <laughs> that was really cool. Um, and then we are going to do Die Hard 2. Not the first Die Hard, Die Hard 2, the far superior Die Hard film, in my opinion. And then uh, if we have time for the fourth one, uh, we were thinking of Gremlins. So, Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Then we can hear the story about how Phoebe Cates' dad dies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, Jesus. He, uh, <laughs> broke his neck and got stuffed in the, in the chimney yeah. and started to smell bad after a while. And I was like, What? <laughs> Which way, which direction did this movie go? <laughs> yeah, it got dicey. It was real dicey. Oh, yeah. So I guess we only have, I mean, it'll come out the day after or the weekend. Let's let's go ahead and do four. Okay. It'll be fine. Yeah, we can we can do that. So. Yeah. Cool. All right. Sweet. 
All right, well, I will take us out. Well, thank you very much for listening to the Don't Be Crazy Podcast. Remember to follow us on Twitter at DBCrazyPod, at EdgyArmo, and at ZachDale60, where you can share your thoughts with us and we can discuss them on our show. We can uh, we can take suggestions from you as long as they are streaming. We love suggestions, but we do have our holiday movies lined up. And then uh, you can just comment on any other episode you like. Please also be sure to check out the Geek Legacy podcast with David, Randy, and Justin. Also, make sure you leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. I forgot about that part. Just please don't be crazy. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much.